0: And I'm welcomed with open arms, just as I am. John chapter 5 this morning, John chapter 5, we're looking at John chapter 5, and um, verse 44, and it'll be on the screen for you. And by the way, if you've just come online and you're watching with us, would you let us know uh, that you're there? Uh, We're glad you're here, and trust that the uh, the Lord will bless you as, as we look at the... The Word of God today. The Word of God is our comfort and our strength and our guide in life in you know, all things. And at times like this, it becomes even more precious to us. The idea that we can turn to the Word of God and we can find comfort and help and blessing. You and I <clears throat> live in a world where there are all kinds of voices clamoring for our attention and all kinds of people looking for us to please them. But because we're His children, we have one that we need to please. And only one. And when we please Him, He works the rest of it out. So we just need to please Him. John 5 uh, 44 says, How can ye believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? The Pharisees had a problem, <clears throat> and their problem was this they couldn't believe in Jesus. Because the honor system they were involved in focused on those people around them, uh, other Pharisees, other priests, other scribes, um, who who, who said they were great people. And the people thought they were great people. So they couldn't believe on Jesus, because if they believed on Jesus, it would cost too much. They would lose that honor, because he was a no-name rabbi uh, with no credentials, and following him would be the end uh, of their comfortable lives as such, so they couldn't believe. And Jesus, with, with an, like a scalpel, identifies their problem. Your problem is you're looking to each other for honor, and you're not looking to God, the only God, who is the one that you need to seek your honor from. You and I can fall into that trap. We can fall into the trap where we're looking for people to, uh, <clears throat> to look in our lives, to, to honor us, to, um, <clears throat> to applaud us, And we can stop looking to God, and it's always trouble for us. I'm gonna give you six ways this morning that you can receive honor from God. Six ways that you can receive honor from God. That's a word of prayer first, though. Father, would you bless us, Lord? We need your hand upon us, even as we look to your word. Uh, Lord, we are dull of hearing sometimes, and oh, Lord, we need you to quicken us, to bring life, uh, to help us to hear and to take in. And Lord, may each one that's here this morning, may each one that's joining us online, Lord, may each one receive something from you that's going to help them and bless them uh, in this uh, scary time. And Lord, may we know your presence, and may we seek to please you, and may we find rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. As social creatures, we long for approval and God puts people in your life that hopefully give you that approval, but it's a broken world and they fail and they disappoint you and they end up hurting you. Sometimes they bring condemnation when you need acceptance. And the thing for you and I is not whether we will seek approval or not. The question is, who do we seek that approval from? And ultimately, the question is, are we going to seek it from God or are we going to seek it from people? You see, God has to be your first love and your ultimate source of approval. What you need to do is you need to put him right in the center of your life. Baba Bible commands us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And do you know that we need to put him right in the center of our lives? We need to choose to love him first and put him right slap bang in the center of our lives. And when we do, life falls into place. And when we don't, we're going to be in trouble. God has to be your first love and your source of approval. You see, all the other things that we look to for approval will fail us, they have to fail us. Uh, The world won't satisfy your need for approval. And I'll tell you how you know that. You look at the famous people who gain the approval of the world and it doesn't satisfy them. I suppose, to me, one of the saddest characters is Robin Williams. Here's a man, uh, a funny man, a comedian, that the whole world loved, that that everybody enjoyed, it seemed. And yet, it wasn't enough for him. It didn't satisfy you, you, you see the stars, the pop stars, and the celebrities that we, uh, we put up, and they become huge, and, 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 and the world loves them. And then you hear they've, they've, they've gone. They've passed away, oftentimes foolishly, sometimes with suicide. Because the approval of the world doesn't satisfy. <clears throat> if it doesn't satisfy on that level, it's not going to satisfy on your level. The approval of the world doesn't satisfy. <clears throat> not even friends and family. You know, family is the place where we're put for protection and care. And it should give us protection and care. But it's a broken world. And oftentimes, the greatest pain comes from family. So if you and I are looking to family for the approval that we need, for the the honor, for the sustenance that we need, we're going to be disappointed eventually. Because family can't give it to us. Uh, Not even your job. Men particularly, and I suppose women more and more, in our culture, we can come to the place where, where, we're, where we're seeking our approval in a job. And, you know, a job is very defined. Uh, you go in, you do your work, uh, you do it well, uh, you get applauded for it, and, and you leave and you go home. And the more work you do, the more applause you get. And it, it can be much different from, from the, the reality of family life. And sometimes we get drawn away From family life, because we're getting the approval we need in work. But you know what? Brings chaos in our lives. And it doesn't satisfy in the end. Not even your spiritual peers. Uh, Sometimes we look to the people around us, uh, our spiritual peers, uh, to, to, to to applaud us and say, Yeah, you're doing okay, you're doing fine. But you know, the reality is that we can't survive on that. It needs to be God. Because People are people. Somebody said this, that the best of men are, are at best men. And, and they will miss it, and, and they will get it wrong from time to time, and, and that can't be the source of your approval. The, the only way for you and I <clears throat> to have a secure identity in a fallen world is to have God fix center in our focus and his love and acceptance as our mainstay. That's the only way that we can have a secure identity in a fallen world. Otherwise, you're going to rise and fall on the opinion of people and you're going to be in the place where where you're hurting because you need that approval. There's one steady, solid place for approval and that's your Heavenly Father. And let me say this. He's not hard to please. He is not hard to please. He is not fickle. Uh, He is not mean. Uh, If you've got a picture like that in your mind of him, oh, please get rid of it. He loves you, and because of his son, you're in. You're in the family. To as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Romans says he has not given us the spirit of fear, uh, but he's given us the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He's put you in a place where you can receive approval, but you have to make a choice. You have to choose where you're going to seek your approval, where you're going to seek honor. Are you going to seek it from him or are you going to seek it from others? All right. So six ways uh, that you can receive honor from God. First of all, you need to decide to love him. <clears throat> Psalm 91 verse 14 says, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set Uh, him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. So God says he will honor you. Why? Because you decide to love him. Do you know that you decide what you're going to love? You decide who you're going to love. Now, we tend to think, no, no, there's just certain people I can love and certain people I can't love. And there are definitely certain people that are easier for you to love and other people that are harder for you to love. But you actually make a choice. You make a decision. Hollywood has filled us uh, with the notion of love being something that's totally out of control in our life, that we just love who we're going to love. And part of the reason why our world is in such chaos today is because uh, we've we've come to the place as a a culture where we believe that you have no choice. That you just love who you're going to. That's not true. That is just plain not true. If that were true, uh, marriage would be a farce. Because when two people get married, they get married and they commit, they make a covenant to love each other. But there's a much more important covenant that you need to make in your heart. You need to make a covenant to put God first, to love him. You need to decide to love him. You need to decide that he's, <clears throat> that he's going to be number one in your life and that you're going to give yourself to him and that you're going to cultivate a sweet relationship with him. See, for the longest time I understood that the command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind to be a God-centered thing, that he wanted our love. And then I realized, no, that's not what's going on here at all. Yes, he wants to be loved, but I need to love him. Everything in me needs to be focused on loving him because nothing else in the world can satisfy me. Everything else ultimately is going to show up empty in my life, is going to leave me in a place where it doesn't do it for me. I need to love him with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. And that comes about by a choice. It doesn't come about just because it happens. It comes about by you and I making a choice to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And he says, because he has set his love upon me, and I love the wording there, it's because he has chosen to love me. Because he has decided that I am going to be his love. He promises all kinds of things in that verse, but he says, I will honor him. If you want to receive the honor that comes from God, if you want to receive the approval, if you want to see receive um, that well done, thou good and faithful servant, you have to come to the place in your life where you set your love upon him, where you decide you're going to love him. He is going to be the love of your life. Colossians 3 verse 1 says, If ye then be hidden... If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, for Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Do you know there's much of your life that nobody can see except God, good and bad? There's much of your life that you don't disclose to people. There's parts of your life that you couldn't disclose to people. There's parts of your life that you really don't understand even yourself uh, to be able to disclose. And the Bible says that your life is hid with Christ in God. See, God's doing a work in you. And it's impossible for everybody else to understand that. And therefore, it's going to look to people from time to time like you're missing it, like you got it wrong. Uh, like you've got it all messed up. And and if you're going with the winds of people's approval, you're going to have at times a conflict in your soul about whether you're going to honor God, whether you're going to put him first, whether you're going to love him, or whether you're going to cave and do what people would have you to do. And it's always going to be bad because they don't see the whole picture. But he says this, he says... Set your affection, and I love that. Set your heart. Set your love on things above. Decide that you're going to love him first. Decide that you're going to put him first. That you're going to serve him first. That you're going to live for him. Set your affection on things above, not on the the things of the earth. And if you do that, he will take and he will lead and he will guide you. And he will bring honor in your life. So the first point is this. Decide... To love him with all your heart. Have you done that? Have you done that? Have you decided that you're going to love him with all your heart? Set your affection. If you want the honor that comes from God only, decide to love him. Secondly, honor him. First Samuel is the story of Eli, and um, <clears throat> Eli, of course, got it entirely wrong, and the reason he got it wrong was because he honored his sons above God. But if we look at the verses there, uh, wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice, and at my offering which I have commanded in my habitation, and honor thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. And remember... Eli's two sons were bad. They were wicked men. <clears throat> the Bible says they were sons of Belial. They were sons of the devil. And uh, they, he, he was the priest. He was responsible for looking after the offerings of God and so on. And their wickedness, uh, in their wickedness, they would go and demand of the people and, and, and threaten the people to take what they wanted from the offering. And they were even immoral. They, they were just wicked men. And Eli knew it. And he spoke to the boys about it, but he didn't do anything about it. And God said this. He said, you honored your sons above me. You made more of them. Do you know that you and I can't make anybody else more important than God in our lives? And how that works out is that when you put him first, you're going to seek his approval, his blessing first in your life. And if that means you're going to be at odds with somebody, you're going to be at odds with somebody. But you're going to do what's right for him. But he goes on. <clears throat> Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy fathers sh- uh, should walk before me forever. Uh, the priestly line had been promised to Eli's uh, line. And God said, I-, I-, I said that you would you would be <clears throat> that-, that your line uh, would be priest before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me. They lost the priesthood the whole family, the whole line. Lost the priesthood. And then, <clears throat> I get, the scripture is very clear here in what it says. Be it far from me, them that honor me will I honor. And them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. If you want the honor that comes from God, <clears throat> God says this. He says, honor him. Put him first. A couple of things for you to Catch there though, they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now if you'd gone to Eli and said, Eli, you're despising God. He'd have said, no, I'm not. I'm a priest. My whole life is about God. And God would have said, yeah, but Eli, when it comes to choosing between your sons who are doing wrong and are wicked and me, you're choosing your sons and you're letting them get away with it and you need to deal with the situation. Let me ask you a question. Are there things in your life that you need to deal with because God is number one and you're honoring him? Are there areas in your life where you say, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to be a part of that. That's, God's not being honored there and I'm being drawn into it and I'm not, just not going to be a part of that. Because here's the problem. When you do, when you say it doesn't matter, it's okay. I think personally that Eli was enjoying the food that the boys were stealing for him. <clears throat> but when you look at it, and for whatever reason, you don't come out on God's side of it. God says, you're despising me. So you, you, you've got to be in the place in your life where you're putting God first. And that means sometimes people are going to be upset with you because you're going to choose God. Not because you're obnoxious, not because of your personality, but because you're going to stand for God in a situation, and you're going to honor him above them. You don't need to do that. That's not easy. But if we honor God, see what it says, for them that honor me will I honor. When we put him first, when we honor him, then he says, I will honor you. And listen, we need it. And, 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 and let me say this to you, when God honors you, you will be honored. When God honors you, other people will honor you too. When God honors you... I, Life is going to go well. Life is going to work well. You see, there's there's an element of faith in all of this. It's an element where we look at the situation and we say, "Well, okay, if God is the most important, then by faith, I need to put him in that place in my life and and I need to live for him. And when we do that and honor him, then he honors us. So let me ask you a question. Are you honoring him in your life right now? Are you putting him first? Are you making him the center in your life right now? Are you honoring God? All right. Number three, uh, trust him. Proverbs 3, 4 and 5 says, uh, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, this thing of trusting God is centered to everything, right? And God gives us favor when we do. It's a way that we honor God when we actually trust him, when we come to the place where we rest in him. Now, coronavirus is really big. Uh, for us right now. It's kind of taken us all <clears throat> uh, by surprise, hasn't it? It was something that was happening off over in China, and we felt for the Chinese people, and uh, it looked terrible, now it's here. And it's probably going to be here uh, for a few weeks. And, and our, our news media is um, alive, electric, uh, over the top with it, and we're, we're, we're getting news constantly. And you're, if you're looking at the news, you're, you're hearing dreadful things. I looked at one headline. Uh, <clears throat> And one news site that I looked at, look at, and it had this. Uh, up to 17 million people are going to die in the US, and it's in red letters across the top of the page, right? Now, as you read through the article, that's kind of, you know, the apocalyptic scenario. You know, if a meteor hits the, hits the world, and, and everything else goes wrong. 17 million people are going to die. And our news recently has taken to doing that for us in everything. This is Ireland, it's always a rainy day. But how many times have you heard recently that there's going to be flooding and it's going to be desperate and almost the 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 news media has become almost apocalyptic in everything it tells us. It's not going to just be snow. There's going to be snow that's going to be terrifying and going to kill us and all the rest of it. And, you know, you look at this is Ireland. It's, it's always like this. Right? Now. And you see, that's, that's, that's what's happening in our, in our media, too. They've got the greatest news story. Uh, they've caught our interest with something. And it's very easy for us to just keep spinning and spinning and spinning with all this information that they're throwing at us. I read an interesting thing this week. and I was reading about um, <clears throat> how to keep your immune system up in, <clears throat> uh, uh, during times of sickness like, like this coronavirus. And one of the things, the thing that's ultimately going to protect you from getting it is your immune system. Do you know one of the worst things for your immune system is stress? The stress will actually put you in the place where you're much more susceptible to this coronavirus. <clears throat> and it'll put you in that place where, uh, you know, it's much easier for it to get a hold of you because your, your cortisol levels are all messed up and you get all messed up and you know it. You're weaker when you're stressed. So, so let me encourage you. Don't watch news all day long. Don't listen to all of it. Don't let it all in. What's going to happen in your life is exactly what God allows to happen. Nothing more and nothing less. Now, I can't promise you, give you, uh, you know, uh, a promise of everything's going to work out uh, fine. But I can guarantee you there is one who is in control and he will be in control of all of it. Nothing more or less than he wants to happen is going to happen in your life. Not one hair of your head goes unnoticed with him. No sparrow falls from the heavens without him. Nothing more or less than God wants to happen in your life is going to happen in these days. All right, now, so how does that deal with the idea, the idea of trusting him? Here's the thing. Learn to trust him in this. You're in his hand. He's taking care of you. He's looking after you. Will he bring trials into your life? Definitely. Will he go through those trials with you? Will he keep you in his hand as you go through it? Most certainly. Learn to trust. It's kind of like this two things going on there's there's the fear that everything in our in our culture and everything in us is kind of is kind of pushing and and it's rising in you all the time and you're waking up stressed in the morning and you're thinking oh no and you're looking uh, for the news and unfortunately today the news is all too readily available to us and you're wondering what bad thing has happened right and and your stress levels are rising but if you trust in him what happens is your stress levels go down And you can come to a place of rest. You can come to a place where you're actually gonna be healthier than you're where if you let the stress run. God is in charge of all of it. Nothing uh, is going to affect your life that he doesn't want to affect your life. You see, we're in totally uncharted territories now. Government is not in control. Donald Trump, by the way, is called a day of prayer in America. Now, I think that's wonderful. But you know what he's saying is, I'm not in control of this. All the money and all the power and all the medicine that we have can't control this. Now we're going to have to talk to God about it. And you know, that's where God always wants us. God wants us in the place where it's out of control and we're looking to the one who really is in control. Because the fact that we're in control is an illusion anyway. We're never in control. But when we look to him and we depend upon him and we trust in Him, He's in control. And you can feel it even as you worship this morning, as you lift your voice and worship Him. What's happening is the fear is subsiding because He's taking His rightful place in your life. That's what it's about. But it doesn't happen by accident. You have to decide you're going to do it. You have to decide that you're going to trust Him. You you have to spend more time talking to him, looking to him, and reading his word than you do letting this endless cycle of bad news run. You need to focus upon him. Drag your mind and your heart away from it and focus upon him and let him speak to you in it. Because he's got good things for you. He He's working something out. He's, he's working things out in your life. The government's not in control. Medical profession's not in control. God is in control. And do you know there's, there, there's, there's actually a secret sweet thing in terrible times like this. If you and I can learn to trust in a time like this, we can learn to rest in all the difficulties of life. And what a joy that is. See, the Bible promises the child of God that there's a peace that passes all understanding. And when we refuse to worry, but instead we pray and we seek him and we give thanks, he says, I'll keep your heart in peace. Philippians chapter 4, take it and go through it and and internalize it and let it be real to you. And trust trust in him. Learn to trust in him. It won't just serve you for the coronavirus. It will serve you for life. He's in control. I'm not. And that's exactly where he wants you and I to be. He wants you and I to learn to trust him. And it's the sweetest thing in life to learn to trust him, to learn to have that peace uh, in him. Then number four, be humble. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Before God honors you, there needs to be humility. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. By humility, those things come. Andrew Murray says that humility is just being honest about yourself. It's very freeing to be honest about yourself. You're not that great. You don't have it all together. You're not in control. None of us are. And you know, it's very freeing when we actually recognize that. You see, humility sings, I need thee every hour. And is comfortable with that. Lord, I need you every hour. I need you this hour. I'm going to need you in the next hour. I'm always going to need you, Lord. I'm never going to be an independent character that can can do it and work it out and make it happen. Lord, I need you. Humility is a a very sweet thing. Pride is a bondage that makes you have to live up to the perception of yourself that you created. You You create a perception of yourself, and then you have to live up to it. And it's such a bondage. But humility... I am his and he is mine and you know what? I'm in his hands and he's taking care of me.